welcome back, everyone, or welcome if this is your first time listening. We are preferring not to say, James and Greg, back once again, in your ear holes. <laughs> solid intro, solid intro. <laughs> Gotta keep it interesting with the intros. Oh, man. Smooth, silky voices penetrating your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm still laughing at that joke I made last time about you being found at Walmart. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what if everybody got a kick out of that? So today's episode's a fun one, just like everyone, because we're gonna, you know, have a little commentary on things we think are nonsense. And it's the whole uh, skilled labor versus unskilled labor thing that seems to be a, a big point of conten- contention amongst like boomers and young people, because... They use it to justify paying people garbage. Basically used to justify price gouging in the workforce. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's justifying poverty wages because if you don't have skills, you're not useful. And yeah, so we're going to get into that. So I guess I want to know, what do they mean by skilled labor? Uh, I don't know, man. My assumption would be... uh... Uh, anything certifiable, you know, like certifications and like uh, degrees, diplomas, all that uh, fun stuff. But I, don't well, know. I just assume like trades, trades. What, whenever they talk skills, it seems like they want to just mean trades. Okay, I mean that makes sense. I understand it, but like I, from everyone I know who works a trade, and from like tr- plying my hands at a a little bit of it myself here and then as needed by no means am i an expert but i feel like the uh the gap between a uh an un an unskilled person in the sense and a tradesman isn't all that great that's totally understandable you know i I don't mean to diminish like any of the effort they put in to like learn what they got but (laughs) from at least from all the people i know they're like yeah man everything i was taught not not really important. You kind of just learn while you're doing. And I'm like, if that's the if that's the case, I'm like, why is there this whole barrier in front of it anyway? Well, yeah, and I I think there well there's I think there's a prestige factor, especially when you have like a certification or a degree. But when people say uh, skills, I just question like, are these do these people work jobs that require skills? Like I've seen so many TikToks of people who get office jobs and they're like what are we do like how do we get paid so much we don't do anything oh but 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 they're so skilled you know they put in all the time and effort to get that fancy piece of paper yeah all that time effort and money that could have been spent doing other things like anything that makes them happy honestly yeah because they're like oh well when do you get a skill because they they often use that as an excuse to pay like the service industry like garbage even though i don't think those are unskilled jobs I would argue a lot of them are in more demand than uh, half of the, uh, quote, skilled professions that people claim are in demand. Well, the question is, are they really in demand? But my other question is, if everybody acquired all these skills that people talk about, wouldn't that just create an overflooded market? Like, there's oversaturation that has to happen, then it just becomes a race to the bottom to see who's cheapest. So it renders the skill kind of, you know, it's priceless to know it, but it's not really worth anything from a market perspective because everybody knows it. Yeah, that's why I never understood why they why people try to push in mass 
the idea that you have to like go to a university or go pick up a skilled trade to make something of your life. It's like, well, if everyone followed your advice, no one would make any profit doing it. And then you'd see, you know, plumbers and electricians out here getting paid like $14 an hour for the Or labor. less. Yeah. Well, I was, because, you know, I spend way too much time on TikTok. There was, I saw something where someone was explaining that skills are only skills until they're normalized. Like, typing used to be a skill. Fucking reading and writing used to be a skill. <laughs> yeah, but, and once they start teaching it in schools, and I saw something where they were talking about how they might start introducing coding at, like, a grade school level, and I'm like, oh, so you're basically making it so coding isn't a skill anymore. Because if it's commonplace, it's like, oh, well, you should you should already know how to do that. We don't have to pay you any more for that. I think it's, yeah, yeah, they're just raising the bar uh, the the minimum so that they can get away with uh basically <laughs> basically getting that labor for free well uh, speaking from a warehouse perspective because i've you know worked in warehouses the majority of my working career in the general labor force having a hilo license isn't really a specialty anymore like when i got my hilo license i didn't get a raise hilo drive like even at a place where you're required to drive hilo they don't pay that much anymore that used to be like a skilled job. Now they're just paying them like everybody else and making it a part of whatever work requirements. I'm not sure because I don't do it. But from what I've heard in my workplace, it's the same. Like once you go into the uh, the warehousing department, you're expected to learn how to drive a high low without any additional compensation. Yeah. And I don't understand that because like you're, you're, you're now operating a, you know, <clears throat> a, a, you're now operating a couple thousand pound like weapon of destruction and expected to <laughs> you know operate it in a safe manner you know and in an efficient manner so you're zooming around with this thing and they're like oh yeah you're putting you know nearby co-workers potentially in harm's way because it's very easy to just you know zip around a corner and flatten somebody with one of these things yeah <laughs> but like <laughs> i don't understand that Normally, you see anybody uh, putting anyone in danger and they have to take like extra precautions or whatever. They're paid more to compensate for it. But Well, yeah. Well, they just start rolling things into positions and just creating that as a standard. It's like when they say, you know, if you if you go to a place where someone's worth their long time, they say, don't overachieve because when come review time, your exceptional marks become the expectation. I'm going to laugh when they start teaching uh, forklift driving and driver's ed. So it's something that all the peasantry knows how to do. So they don't have to struggle to find them. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. And driving Hilo isn't really hard. The only thing is difficult is not every Hilo is built the same. So, and chances are your workplace doesn't have a brand new Hilo. It has probably a janky used one that's 20 years old. I mean, driving Hilo isn't hard, but it's still something I think everybody should, you know, you should get some sort of raise for that. Just like, you need to get the certification. I mean, I guess they can kind of swing the whole, well, we pay for it. Because, I mean, essentially, if you work at a place that does it, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, but, like, isn't it not very expensive? I don't know the expense of it. I can't I can't imagine it being far more than, you know, like... Oh, so, okay. My, my workplace isn't a good example because the owner had his wife do the training. Because <laughs> she, well, she, like, she comes from, like, she's worked in HR, Okay. So it's like she knows how to do that. She actually did a lot of stuff for that place. Like she was uh like she was the one who was helping outline and uh, implement 5S. Um 
Like she knows how to operate warehouse from a, a HR perspective and management perspective. So it's not like it's it's not like he's like, oh, just, hey, honey, come to work and do this. No, she actually knows what she's doing. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you can just do anything when you own a company. <laughs> she was one of the most useful people in the company, period. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I, I also loved when she was around. She was a fun person to be around, too. But, yeah, so I don't know how much it costs. But, I mean, it was really easy. I mean, you just take a test and then, you know, we got to just do a t- couple driving exercises. But yeah, they're just, you know, the, the more and more the expectation, it's like, and I don't think other people understand because a lot of jobs are a lot more work heavy than they had to deal with. Positions get more and more tasks all the time, or, you know, they have to compensate by either overworking people or having people you know, do overtime. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the, oh, we're uh, <clears throat> we're updating the process, you know, and it's just adding more shit onto your uh, plate. <laughs> and like... I had this conversation with a coworker the other day because they're implementing some changes, air quote. Um, basically, they're adding more steps into the process for your, your everyday laborer, right? And they were still expecting you to perform this new, more expanded task in the same time that you were doing the, uh, the lighter one. So I'm like, all right, so the expectation is to just walk out here and do more for less. That's that's the changes you're implementing. Fantastic. Great idea. But they made it sound super technical, right? <laughs> Not really. Because, <laughs> like, the, the the barrier there and, like, I hate to say it like this, but there's, like, a fucking caste system in my workplace. Like, there's the, there's the people down in the fucking muck, right? There's us, you know, and then there's people that are, like, I don't know, techs or engineers that are just, like, I'm not even going to explain myself. <laughs> Or communicate with these vile cretins that work here. Oh, so, so, so they were sitting down in their thrones with their like, you know, <laughs> their Dude, crowns. It feels like that. And feels you like walk that. into like, like, hey maggots, here's how we're going to exploit you more. <laughs> For real. Get wrecked, sir. <laughs> here's this new task. It's more work, less pay. Be happy about it. Like, what the- <laughs> and then they hit you with like a, it. It's a privilege to be employed by us. I don't know. When it comes to older people, this is what I have to say. If you're you're going on about skilled labor and trying to debate, you know, trying to prove that, you know, low paying jobs are just for teens who want spending money. If you grew up in the time when a milkman was a profession, kick rocks. A <laughs> person used to be able to support an entire family delivering milk around the neighborhood. I want to be a milkman. Or a newsstand. You could watch and open a newsstand. You know, selling comic books and newspapers, support a whole family, just sitting there just at, at a cash register. And you had more spending power? Get out of here. I love that shit. And be like, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. How'd you do that? I was shining shoes at a mall. And what'd you do with that? I bought three houses. It's like, excuse <laughs> you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had sales in houses. I could buy a baker's dozen for three nickels and an ox. <laughs> I bought six of them, and then I started renting them out. So who? You. Why are you charging so much? <laughs> so you can pay your dues. <laughs> Why do I owe my dues to you, you fucking slumlord? No. Saw this funny meme. It was uh, some group of guys. This guy was like, get off my property. And it's like, well, where'd you get this property? He's like, I got it from my father. Where'd he get it? He got it from his father. Uh, where did his father get it? He fought for it. And they're like, we'll fight you for it. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Society needs to devolve, in my opinion. I would absolutely throw hands. <laughs> for some Despite free people. Because <laughs> I always say some shit like, oh, well, he fought for it. What do you mean he fought for it? You mean like there were some people living here and he came along with better technology and fucking murdered them for it? Yikes. All right. Sick old man. I'll walk onto your property and kill you for it. Bet. So there's this funny meme that uh, <laughs> it was... um. It's called Penny Auction, and in parentheses, a foreclosure, I guess this is from Wikipedia, it said, um, the term rose during the foreclosure of farms during the Great Depression in the United States. Neighbors would gather in large numbers at the auction and place bids of only a few pennies, while intimidating anyone who attempted to bid competitively. In the end, the bank that owned the farm would get whatever was bid, and the neighbors would return the farm and its contents to the farmer. <laughs> and there's a uh it under it has this dude it's like what was like doodle faces crying he's like no you can't just buy your farm back for only a few pennies someone else place a bid and it has a picture of a chat it says 50 cents from a farm back <laughs> <laughs> and they're just several chads behind him in silence <laughs> i love it i was like oh man i wonder what uh i'd love to be a chad farmer back in the day that's all it would take yeah, it's hard out here when uh, we don't even know what they mean by skilled labor. That's like, when do you get some skills? Like, what are your skills? Like, it, those who work skilled labor, like, let us know what you do. Let us know how hard it is. I'm also of the opinion that there's no such thing as unskilled labor. You know? Like, there's if you go into literally any workforce. Like, like a, let's say you work somewhere that's uh, defined as unskilled labor, right? Let's even let's go so so low as, like, a McDonald's or something, right? You you're you're a fry cook at a McDonald's. Well, there's a huge, huge difference between somebody who just walked in there and somebody who's been there for a year. You know, there's a, there's a huge difference between somebody who is just there for the paycheck and somebody who's like, I'm gonna be the best I can be. So you can't really tell me that there's there's uh unskilled positions out there when people are actively demonstrating a difference in skill in the same workforce. Well, I think it extends about as far as does it require critical thinking and problem solving? Everything that a human does requires critical thinking and problem solving on some level. Yeah. So is it unskilled? If it requires brain power, then I, I would question whether or not if it, it's unskilled. <clears throat> I can't remember who said it. It was somebody in like the Senate or the, or the uh, Congress or whatever. I don't know. It was some, some rich white guy. Who said, like, some other task relative to farming required more gray matter. And my only thought was, measure it. Measure it and prove your statement. And if you can't, then your argument's invalid. It's like the justifying that CEOs deserve 300 times the base employee salary. And it's like, prove it. I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. I think it was running a company requires more gray matter than operating a farm. And I was like, bitch, I was raised on a farm. You have no idea how complex shit can get. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's always this argument. It's like, oh, well, they're, they're the, there was the ones like, oh, well, they're the ones that took the risk of starting a business. And it's like, first of all, uh, there's a lot of business owners who are saying, hey, there's no risk because this isn't tied to our personal lives. It's its own entity. But also, it's, you know, they like to go on about it's like, oh, the d decisions they have to make, make or break the company. And I'm just like, well, okay, but the decision, is more impactful to the shareholders. And that's where all their decisions are being made. It's not whether or not it's good for the company. It's whether or not they're making profit, good or bad, which comes at the cost of labor. 
I would say, even when when they make the argument that the uh, CEOs are making the decisions that can make or break the company, it's like, well, Mister, I have a several million dollar salary. If you if you break the company with your shit decision, who really suffers? Is it you? No, you got millions to fall back on. Is it the shareholders? No, they're insanely wealthy investors. It's the workplace. It's the workforce that's going to suffer. They're the only ones. They're the workforce. The the like the 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 common folk are the only people who will be seriously negatively impacted by a CEO running a company into the ground. Right. The CEO just gets asked to resign and then goes off and ruins another company. <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny because, you know, they talk about people who are geniuses, but when it comes right down to it, why is the only solution cutting wages and laying off employees? Honestly. Are are you really that skilled? If you were skilled, you should be able to turn a business around without affecting that. Mm -hmm. Hey there, Mr. 15 an hour. I I hate to say this. Actually, I love to say this, but because of my poor decisions, I'm going to have to eliminate your position to make up for my mistakes. Or uh, when... um someone from a higher position leaves, they dissolve that position and uh, roll those tasks into lower employee positions. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there'll just be no workers, but they're too dumb to implement automation in the way we should have been in the last 50 years, so these companies will just cease to exist. They're going to be like, why aren't we making money? We fired everybody. Why would we do that to save money? That's why I never understood the argument that people make about automation removing the entire workforce. It's like, oh, no, well, not we won't be able to, you know generate an income to provide for our families it's like dog if you can't generate an income then you can't spend money to buy shit like they're not going to care then but oh well we don't have an income now because we've completely automated everything (laughs) like that's not how an economy works it has to flow like a winding river the fuck can't just pull it all on one side behind a behind a dam and be like yeah this is okay not all those people with skills will save everybody right Mm mm-hmm why uh about the time for a break so yeah we're gonna go take a quick sip of water and we'll be right back and we're back Hi. Second part of the episode, you know, talk about that uh, skilled versus unskilled labor. Now, I didn't talk to Greg about this beforehand, but once again, on my money TikTok adventures, I stumbled upon someone who pointed me to a resource of an organization that actually defines what skilled and unskilled labor is. Like they actually have clear definitions of what they consider to be actually specifically no skill, low skill and high skill. All right, run it by me. And it's, uh, it's actually by the uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, and it's their um, SOAR program, which is SSI slash SSI Outreach Access and Recovery. And it's uh, to help increase Social Security disability benefits for like you know people who are at risk of homelessness or serious mental illness, mental impairment, um, and or co-occurring substance use disorder. And some people, like if you, you know, were in prison for a number of years, basically it's an organization to help people who, you know, Aren't, don't live a privileged life by whatever means. Okay. And so uh, the question, they have a FAQ is this question, please explain what is considered skilled and unskilled work. And the answer, a skill is the knowledge of the principles and the process of a job and the ability to apply them in a practice in a proper and approved way. Examples of a skill are making precise measurements, reading blueprints, setting up and operating complex machinery. SSA will determine the... Com- the claimant's skill level by the types of work he has done in the past. SSA classifies jobs as unskilled, semi-skilled, and skilled. 
SSA will look at the jobs the claimant performed the last 15 years and determine if they were unskilled, semi-skilled, or skilled. The SSA will consult authoritative vocation and null resources such as the Dictionary of Occupational Titles to help them determine what category the claimant's past work should fall into. And here are their definitions. Unskilled. Unskilled work lead needs little or no judgment to do simple duties that can be learned on the job in a short period of time. This is usually 30 days or less. An example of an unskilled job is one that involves putting materials on or in or taking them off or out of a machine. A person does not gain skills by doing unskilled work. That's a clear definition of unskilled work. Okay. If you are a simple cog in a machine with one function. Semi-skilled. Semi-skilled work needs some skills but does not require complex work duties. An example of semi-skilled of a semi-skilled job would be one that requires alertness and close attention to watching machine processes. Obviously this is more of like in kind of like a industrial setting by the language, but it's applicable most yeah. other places. Yeah. And then skilled skilled work requires that a person use judgment. For example, a skilled job may require that a person determine the machine and manual operations to be for- performed in order to obtain the proper forms. And then it has a practice tip. The lower the skill level the claimant has, the more likely the claimant will be found disabled. You want to try to place your client in the lowest skill level possible. For example, unskilled is better than semi-skilled, and semi-skilled is better than skilled in a disability claim. So obviously this is more so in re- reference to, like, benefits. Okay. Okay, now, here's my question, though. is like, what, what position can you think of that doesn't at least hit the markers for semi-skilled? Very few. The only one that comes to mind, assembly line, where you literally put things on in a conveyor belt or take them off. I'm I'm trying to think, and I'm like, I don't know, because I've been on an assembly line before. (laughs) That shit is not what I would define as unskilled. I don't think it's what uh, falls into uh, unskilled in, um, in that list either. Like, if, let's say, if, let's say, you you took an assembly line and you took all like uh what's the word i'm looking here for like quality control elements out of it you know you're just pumping them out and then nobody's looking at the shit all right we can say that's like unskilled labor but as soon as you put any type of like pressure on any assembly line worker to pay attention to what they're doing to make sure that shit fits some like factory form then i would say that's uh, semi-skilled at least well, that makes sense. I think it's the a semi-skilled job always has a possibility of an abstract occurrence. Mm-hmm. Unskilled would just be like it's super simple, doesn't require much brain power, and there's some sort of contingency to take care of an error. But yeah, I, I found this interesting because this is giving an actual language, and you know, it's proving. That it's on a spectrum. It's not just skilled versus unskilled. And it's also calling into question, like, what do you consider a skill? And it goes back to what I said before. Critical thinking and problem solving is necessary to maintain, you know, this task. Then it's at the very least semi-skilled. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, there's also the thing where, you know, people talk about hard skills and soft skills. Like customer service skills. Those are skills. Oh, absolutely. Dealing with people, that's a skill. So, I I don't know. I agree with this uh this this definition, but I feel like uh it needs to be 
reworded so that can so that people who don't work in an industrial setting can apply it to their workplace and define whether or not they are skilled or unskilled labor. Well, yeah, but it, it goes back to being this is for a specific organization for a specific group of people. I think mm-hmm. this is just arbitrary language because it's dealing with yeah you know, because they have to prove claims. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, like you know, they have their staff. They know how to translate it with someone's work history. But if we found a way to make the, like if someone were to be able to come with a universal version of this, then we can kind of shut people up about the unskilled versus skilled labor thing. Because right there, that's, this is the only actual definition I've heard for skilled or unskilled. That isn't just like a confirmation bias on what you think is skilled and unskilled. Right. I don't know. I'm interested to see if, see if it ever uh, develops into a, a broader market. We, we might as well just come up with it. <laughs> Let's come up with our definition. This is this is the spectrum of skilled labor, but everybody, a lot of these older generations are just assuming everything under a certain pay grade is unskilled. Oh yeah, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but the, the jobs they wouldn't take those jobs. I I wouldn't even think they had have the capacity to handle these jobs. See, this is where I where I get into the idea of it shouldn't even be exclusively skilled versus unskilled. It, it, you should factor in desire to do this uh, or to, desire to fill this position. You know, if it's something that people don't want to do, like, let's say, for example, like uh, driving a garbage truck, you know, I mean, learning how to drive it, sure, you're going to develop a skill. But I mean, like, who really wants to be around trash all day? Like, I know people who drive garbage trucks for a living and they're like, bro, the stink stays with you. Like you go home, take your clothes off, clean yourself. It like seeps into your pores. You're just going to be funky forever. You know, it's like how many people are willing to do that? I feel like they should be paid more because it's an undesirable position. Well, they also get paid pretty decently because of that. I mean, I guess, but I still don't think they get paid enough. I mean, I'm not trying to do that shit. They should be making oh, like yeah, 30 I, plus. Well, minimum. yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it also depends on what area you live, but it's like, you know, by definition, those jobs, the, the jobs they tell you not to take oftentimes do pay pretty well. And a lot of them are union jobs with good benefits. It's like, you don't want to be a ditch digger. And it's like, really? <laughs> I, I had, I saw a comment was like, I was a ditch digger and that shit paid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. Just that same conversation of, you know, it's because there's more to it than that. You know, we we don't have a clear definition of what wages should be paid on. You know, there, there are three components when factoring in how you do in a workplace. There's time, money, and effort. If you don't have control over the time and the money, you have control over the effort. That's why people do the minimum. You don't give them a reason to want to do better. Because at the end of the day... That company pays you until they go out of business. You don't have to try. And then if they go under, you just go find another job. You know, I like to say it's it's an hourly wage. It's not an effort wage. Yeah, I used to be on that whole uh, taking pride in my work uh, mentality. Few <laughs> a few years of seeing people put in like zero effort getting paid the same as me, if not more. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I got it. I learned my lesson. You don't have to teach me no more. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. You're not, if you're not giving them a reason, it's, you know, the whole pride in your work thing. It comes from a time when you were actually rewarded for hard work. 
which doesn't exist anymore. And a lot of times it's because of the union. You know, when, when you look at all these graphs of uh, when, you know, things start to turn, when you see like wages and work conditions, and then you see the decline in union participation, it's like, oh, maybe there's a correlation there. Saw this one thing. It was a meme. It was, uh, you know, dad telling his kid he didn't get much growing up. And then uh, <laughs> and then his grandma was like, yeah, tell your dad and remind him that he got his bike when we got the damn union. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, the union. When he got the union, man, Christmas was lit. I don't know. I'm still uh, on the fence about unions. See, I think the only problem with unions is the fact that some unions aren't really great unions, and I think that's what ruins it. Like, I've worked in a couple unions, and one of the unions really just wasn't worth being a part of. I think I just got to, I just got to try one, see how it goes. You know, I don't know. I just assume that like. Some are good, some are bad, because you know, no matter what you do, no matter what you're uh, doing, all it takes is one one wrong person getting into that one position of power to fuck it all up. And they, they succumb to their greed. Yeah, and that does happen, but it doesn't really happen as much as you'd assume. I think the problem is like when you see it happen once, you're constantly skeptical of everything else. Because we're conditioned to think, bad thing happened, bad thing might happen again. But you know, there is also the problem with you know workers don't act as a collective it's everyone's working in their own self-interest because of the whole you know you can control your effort we're not working towards the same goal and that's why you know people say any place that offers a profit sharing package that those places tend to do well because there's incentive to work hard and you know while we're on this i want to say to our listeners there's a difference between bonuses and profit sharing I was going to say, we need, we need to clarify that. I don't care what anybody tells you. Bonuses is not profit sharing. When you have an actual profit sharing in, in your work contract, that's profits, period. That's not a, oh, we made a little extra, so you can, here, here's a little extra. No, it's like you have an actual contracted percentage. You have like It's like you have equity in the company. So if you want to make more money, there's an incentive for you to work. It's, it's like I always like to refer to. There's a couple companies. There's um, this fashion company called Tunnel Vision run on by... Um, woman named Madeline Pendleton, who's a popular TikToker. And um, there's also this company, Oak and Willow, who is an eco-friendly cleaning products company. All their employees make the same wage as the owner. They also do profit sharing. They also have reduced hours. Like I found out, I think Madeline, I think her, I think they only work 28 hours a week, if I remember the TikTok correctly. And they get paid like 70 something thousand dollars a year. Where is this company? California. Fuck. <laughs> hers is also a specialty like her, hers is no, like a yeah, fashion yeah, company yeah, so that yeah, wouldn't yeah, be a, yeah, well a oak, oak and willow is also in canada so you really wouldn't have a chance there either no but yeah but they did you like profit sharing like madeline talked about how she bought everybody cars with the profit sharing one year oh yeah i remember that yep i had, I had to like, make sure that her, uh, her company's net profit was like zero or something yeah and uh both of them are actually very they're very straightforward with, you know, their business practices, but also explaining things like anybody talks about like, oh, what about the risk you take on as an owner? Like trying to justify why should be, they should be paid more. And they're like, yo, there's no risk. These aren't tied to my personal finances. If, if this goes under, we file for bankruptcy and everybody just goes and gets different jobs. Because there's that whole, oh, they took the risk. And it's like, uh, no, that's not what you think it is. But also they, 
explain because there, there's always like, oh, what if somebody works harder, or you know, what's the incentive to move up in the company? And they explain that everybody's vital. There, there's no hierarchy, and we design it that way because we all have the common goal, which is why they do things like profit sharing. Because if if the team does well and the company does well, they all are rewarded. You know, we we don't need to be in that capitalist competitive mind state because there's this attitude like, oh, if I do more, I should get paid more. And it's like, well, that's that's on you. It's like, if you control your effort, don't work so hard. It's like saying, I did this, so you should do this. I went out of my way to be a harder worker, regardless of you you asking me or not. So I deserve a, a treat for that. But then we find out the hardest workers aren't the ones that get promoted. Fuck no, they're not. In fact, if you're so good of a worker, they'll keep you in depart- in, the, in whatever department and not promote you because they can't afford to lose you. <laughs> because you're impossible to replace. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just wild how the workplace, you know, I'm just so glad to be out of it. Like once, I, once I, you know, once my mind started to take a turn, I'm like, this is all pointless. Why should I even try? I'm making someone else money. I'm not making myself money. In any endeavor when I'm not on my own time or uh, working for my own profits, I do the the base minimum required. Well, now I think we're going to see a problematic turn soon because of the whole work from home in the office debate. You know, There was somebody talking about how they think there's eventually going to be an incentive, a pay incentive to go into the office and people who go into office are just going to be paid more than work from home based on the fact that they're going into the office. Well, how do you feel about that? Because like I'm, I'm immediately thinking about pros and cons. Like I can, I can swing either way on whether or not that's a good idea. So the problem is, no, I don't think if you're doing the same job and one's just from the office, no, you don't, get, you don't need to be paid more. Because that's what it is. It's not like it has nothing to do with it being improvement. There has not been a single study that says work from home has been detrimental to a company. It's all subjective opinions about why people should or shouldn't be in the office. But the idea that, oh, you should get paid more because you waste your time getting up, getting ready, commuting, and just being in the office. You, you should get paid more by the same person doing the same job that are doing, is probably doing it more efficiently from home. That doesn't see, make sense to me. See, now, I was, uh, I was thinking, uh, or I should say, I was of the mind that it isn't a flat pay raise but it is a direct compensation for the commute. And I don't mean like they're paying you a profit for it, but I mean like they're covering the expense of it. No, it's an increased the, base the, salary the net, is what we're talking about. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying this is, this is the way that I would justify it, is that like the, the net pay is still the same. But for people who, for whatever fucking reason, would choose to be in the workplace as opposed to working from home, they would have their transportation costs comped. That's the only that is like the limit of the justification I could make for a pay change for the for the, for the two options. Oh yeah, but then it gets to the question: Why haven't companies been doing this to begin with? Right. It's just to pay like oh we'll pay you more if you come into the office, and it's not to cover costs because there are some companies who are trying to say they want to start lowering salaries for people who work from home because like oh you don't need to travel you don't need as much and it's like the. You don't get paid for the travel anyway. Why would you lower the cost? Why would you lower pay just because they're working from home? What if they're getting more work done at home? Yeah, like I, wait. So then the reverse argument could have been made the entire time. It's like, oh well, I drive an hour to work. Well, that's not the company's fault, so we're not going to pay you more to compensate for your commute. But you want to pay me less all of a sudden? 
Because I'm not commuting? Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't need it. It's like, okay, once again, we had this weird conversation. It's like, oh, are we pacing based on the job or what we need? Oh, well, teenagers don't need a lot of money. They just need spending money, which is complete bullshit. But it's like, oh, okay, well, CEOs don't need to make a salary past the first few years because they've got investments to hold them over. Mm-hmm. If you have real pride in your job, you'd work for free. Honestly. So yeah, that, that's, the, that's the weird dystopian conversation that's being had. It's like good and paid just to go to the office. And it's not, it's not a stipend to compensate for your travel. You know, it's not like they're paying your childcare services. They're, they're creating a division amongst the workforce, you know, workers, which is, which is uh, yeah, another division in the workforce <laughs> trying to turn us on each other. But yeah, that's like, that's why I say the hybrid model is something to explore. You can't do it. it there's pros and cons of both, but at the same time, work from home has been proven to be better for businesses than being in the office. From an objective standpoint, if we take away emotion and like opinions, I don't care if you don't, I don't care if you go stir crazy at home. I don't care if you need human interaction. If objectively, when we talk about productivity, it's always a binary. What are the numbers? But then once it comes to this, it's like, oh, well, the the culture and community, it's like, yo, you can shove it when it comes to that stuff. Because at the same time, there are so many people who are more productive not being in that environment. And those are oftentimes your most valuable workers. Yeah. Get your community elsewhere. You know, it's, it's the people who... It's oftentimes the people who are useless that thrive in those environments. Like extroverts, anytime I've come across an extrovert in the workplace, they were probably the least competent person. It's like, or or it's like people who are just flat out sociopaths thrive in like in person environments because they just manipulate people. But you know, we're we're it's also proving that you know administrative staff and executive positions are becoming more and more useless. It's like, what do you need a middle management for if they don't have people to micromanage? Or the CEOs are like, I, I need to see the work being done. What do you mean you need to see the work being done? Look at the numbers. <laughs> That's what you do when you look at the profit margins and decide to lay people off or cut wages. <laughs> I always love that argument that they need to see the work being done. It's like, you're not out here watching the work. What work are you watching? Well, I need to be sure that they're slaving away in my coal mines as opposed to sitting comfortable in their homes. It's like, oh, they just want to work in their pajamas. You damn right we want to work in our pajamas. The work's <laughs> getting done, right? What the fuck is wrong with wanting to... <laughs> What's the big deal? They just want to work in their pajamas. And? <laughs> it's like why It's like why all these stores don't have chairs for cashiers because it looks lazy. It's like, what do you mean? Standing for eight hours straight isn't good for you. Aldi has chairs for their cashiers. All right. I said everybody who works a registered go work at Aldi's. You know, it's it's this idea. I think it's just older generations. They're more concerned about appearance. It, it's form over function, and that really rubs me the wrong way because it's like you're favoring th- this idea that everything has to look perfect. But it also comes from a generation where family where people's parents were garbage behind closed doors, but when in the public eye, they had the perfect little family. But like I said, if anybody actually works skilled labor, let us know. As as defined by. <laughs> What was what was that place? What was that? Uh, what was that organization? Oh, um, I think it's like it's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or a SAM. I can't. You can't even say that as an acronym. It's for their uh, SOAR program. S O A R. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I like that definition. The you fact that good, we have man? some actual definitions. <laughs> you feel good. You feel like you got it all out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already we we've we've inspired people to make some changes in you know their job life. I want to keep that going. 
You know, I, I remember I remember Josh has said to both of us that, you know, we're one of the reasons he made a certain change in his work life to improve his quality of life. You know, everybody should be making that move. We should be reducing work. The burden of labor shouldn't be infinite. Plus, why do old people want to work so bad? Like their whole lives. What do you mean? They they don't work. They make other people work for them. Oh no, even the older people who still work. Like they, they they have this disdain for young people who don't want to work. Like, yeah, we don't want to work. What do you mean? It sucks. I think those are the people who don't have a life outside of their work. They don't know how to exist without they don't being have any hobbies. Busy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's another thing too. So you worked your whole life, you didn't discover anything you loved. Yeah. That's well, they couldn't. They spent all their time working for someone yeah. else. <laughs> I retired and then did what? I work at Meyer now. Why? I don't know what else to do. <laughs> it's tragic, dude. That's like my 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 vision of hell. Oh well, there's a bunch of old people who like older people who retire and then they like go back to work because they're like, I don't know what to do myself. I need to go back to work. This retirement thing sucks. That's like uh, I hate to frame it like this, but that's like the slaves who were afraid to run away because they didn't know what they would do outside of the plantation. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I've heard stories of. Uh, was it North Koreans actually escaping to South Korea and end up committing suicide because they just can't handle life that isn't the screwed up, manipulated life they were used to? That's really morbid, but it's a thing. I can't believe that we've, uh, I think this is what, our fifth episode since being back? Something like that. We've been back over a month now. It's definitely a number. <laughs> it's, it is a number. <laughs> Well, yeah, you, you know where to find us if you're a casual listener. But if you're not, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under PNTS Pod. If you'd like to follow anything else I do, I create music under the alias Boutique Paul. And all my socials are at BTQ Paul. Or if you'd like to hear me ramble about movies, you can listen to my show, The K-Cut, which has just as many episodes as we have here. So we have, we have a, I've, I've done a lot of podcasts in these past couple of years. Like a ridiculous amount. You can find Greg at the bottom of your nearest Cracker Jack box. Dog. Is this the new thing? (laughs) (laughs) Until you get the Twitch stream again, yes, it's the new thing. So if you're a new listener and you haven't listened back, I used to have a thing. There was a theme of giving Greg a new nickname every episode. Now I'm going to give a weird place to find him. (laughs) Well, now I don't want to bring the Twitch stream back. This this sounds good. (laughs) Bottom Uh, of the Cracker Jack box. (laughs) Oh, do Cracker Jacks even have toys anymore? Probably not. Oh, no. They they got rid of, like, actual toys, and all they had were, like, stickers. <laughs> like, I grew up with them having stickers. Uh-huh. But before, they used to have, like, cool metal toys. But I'm sure there was probably an issue with that, or they just didn't want to have to deal with that. Maybe some maybe kids were actually eating the toys instead of the Cracker Jacks. <laughs> well, all right. That's the end of the episode. We're signing off. And as I like to say at the end of every episode, collaboration breeds community. Stay hustling. Stay hydrated. Peace. <laughs>